Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien. This is a show where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about a movie we've recently watched. This episode, I am once again joined by David Scanlon and he's here to talk about the 2006 Christopher Nolan mystery thriller, The Prestige. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Mr. Scanlon, you've returned. You're I, here. I have. Obviously, I didn't fuck it up enough on the first one, so you brought me back. Oh, you've cursed. One. You're gone. You're out. I'm <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Bring in the substitute. <laughs> uh, no, it's good to be back. We're talking about a go- another good in this this week. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hope our listeners are ready for us to just be uh, just be like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's. it's oh, what? I just need more adjectives for the word good. <laughs> Tremendous, hugely, <laughs> <laughs> bigly. It's a bigly movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's all I got really. That's it. It's uh, I'm looking forward to to getting chatting about. It. Actually, it, speaking of Bigly, there's a lot of uh, Donald Trump type characters in this in this movie. So yeah, yeah, there's Donald Trump himself. He plays the little child. <laughs> right, let's not polarize our US listeners. No, we're obviously no, no, We're not political on this, are we? We've got we've got we've got two of them, and I rather I li- I'd like to keep them. But yeah, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you hadn't already seen the title or heard the intro, we're talking about the Prestige again. This is probably a movie not a lot of people are aware of but also have seen so um hopefully you might have had a chance to watch it over the weekend but it's a movie that christopher nolan was one of his what was his second or third movie david uh fourth i'm gonna guess oh wow okay yeah so yeah Yeah. but like still i don't think he was a big name at the the time but yeah it's this it's it's in 2006 it also came out the same year as the illusionist which is also another one about rival magicians and i know this sounds a bit weird like it's a great movie about magicians but it's a great movie about magicians and i can't stress it enough it's very spoilery. It's very, very spoilery. And my recommendation would be watch it first and come back. And I would nearly say watch it twice because I think you enjoy it so much watching it the first time. And then when certain stuff is revealed, the second time, just it's it's a whole new experience. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think the, the first thing we should say is it's one of uh, Christopher Nolan's most underrated movies when you compare it to the likes of Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy. Um and then obviously maybe like Interstellar, Tenet and stuff like that. So he's obviously come a long way since then. Um, this movie actually came out between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So I think he was kind of in that frame of mind that I'm going to do one kind of studio film, like big superhero temple, and then I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, because he's always he's always kind of done that because it was like, yeah. what? It was Batman Begins, Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar. Exactly, yeah. So good movie, good movie, good movie. Good movie, bad movie, worst movie. <laughs> oh, you don't like Insta- Interstellar? Oh man, like that's that's a podcast for another day. But I've got yeah. problems with this. other the docking scene. The docking scene is great. Yeah, I love the music in it. Anyway, it's good. Movie. Hans Zimmer. Look, Hans Zimmer. I have a whole Hans Zimmer bit, but we won't. We won't get to yeah. how much I love I love him in this. But okay, so if you're still listening and you haven't seen this, why? But second of all, David, can you just? briefly bring us through what is what is the plot of this movie yeah uh, okay so this is set in the late 19th century um and it basically revolves around magicians in london um so there's two magicians one played by christian bale the other by hugh jackman at the, the beginning of the movie they're both kind of working together under the tutelage of michael Caine, and then there is a certain event that splits them up and turns them into rivals and throughout the movie, they kind of um, get in each other's way and, and trying to like better each other and, and 
almost to the extent where they're like really hurting each other and like ruining each other's lives. And unfortunately, or yeah, unfortunately, as, as people will know, in the end, it doesn't turn out very good for either of them. But yeah, that's that's probably the, the main kind of plot anyway. Yeah, and like, just there's even so many bits there, I just wanted to jump in and yeah, get it exactly. already. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, so I think a bit about what I kind of think about it. I think this movie's great. And like, it's got 74% Rotten Tomatoes. It was, in my opinion, a few Oscars were definitely stolen from it. Um, and like Christian Bale was i forgot how good he was in this and when you like again we're talking spoilers so sorry if you haven't seen this but like when you consider that him and hugh jackman both play two characters yeah multiple both characters. play two characters <laughs> so well yeah and like i, I had now to be, I, I have not seen the movie so i can't say but uh this this year i looked it up forrest whitaker won for the last king of scotland uh, yeah. for leading and i think supporting was another man that i can't remember off the top of my head and then the movie that won was the the departed, the departed. hey how you doing are you, are you a co-op <laughs> hey i'm i'm not gonna do some magic tricks <laughs> hey you magician hey you magician do you got do you got tricks pull a rabbit out of your sleeve all right <laughs> say hello to your mother for me okay <laughs> Sorry, sorry, we do. We are sorry if we offended any of our American Boston listeners. I think I'm gonna say I think I think they're all on. Except I don't know where Chris Pine is from, but he can get <laughs> fucked either way. Yeah. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, no, like it's it is like I do like the way. The first thing I I, I will say about this movie is it's edited brilliantly. Like it's a, li- a little bit like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies. They don't start at the start. They usually start at the end and then they flash back and there's a lot of moving about and stuff, um, which does make it hard to follow. So again, if you're, if you are planning on watching this, concentrate, put the phone down, put the phone away and just give yourself an hour and a half or two, two and a half hours just to get it watched or whatever. Yeah. And it's, and it's one where like, you know, when I would definitely watch it the first time you get confused and I will say, I was probably more confused with this than I was at Inception when I first watched it. You know, yeah, just yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. You're not too sure when the time period is, but like, there's just, and again, there's just great details in this movie. Like there's just so many little things. Like even the first thing you see, the first shot of this movie where you see all the hats, you have no idea why the hats are there. And then what's he say? Are you watching, are you watching closely? closely yeah. And that's just, it's not only a line for, like the magician say, but it's what for the viewers. Like you mm. should be watching closely because there's all these small little details in this yeah. movie. Like um, so stuff like, like the 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 when the bird gets smashed and that little kid in the audience is just like, no, he's dead. The bird is dead. Like no, that's his brother. And yeah, and again, that's why just watching it again, you just you Absolutely. take up on you all these things. things. Like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's a weird Christopher Nolan thing that he he lo- the man just loves time. I don't know oh, what it is about him. Between this uh, Inception to some regard. Dunkirk, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenant, like he just the memento. Yeah. The man cannot get enough. Yeah, of him. He just loves <laughs> fucking with people. Yeah. Well, that's it. it. The whole movie is structured like a magic trick. So the whole way through the magic, uh, the the movie, they talk about you know magic tricks are they're structured in a way where you know the first act is the pledge, and the magician shows you something that's ordinary. The second act, uh, the, the magician turns that ordinary something into something extraordinary, and then the final bit is called the prestige where everything is revealed and the magician gets that look from the crowd that's, you know, everyone's confused. But it's the same thing with the movie in the way it's structured. Yeah, and like, it's just, and you and it's so great because you just don't, there's so much things you just don't see coming as well because you may work out some things, but then there's other things you don't work out. And it's and it just, it does a great job of really second, and even the last shot of the movie, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll like, we'll, we'll mention the last up top, just that the scene, and you don't even have time to process it. And it's exactly like a magic trick in a way where it's just like, you see it, 
And then you're sitting there in the dark. Now, by the way, the, whatever the end credit song was, it was horrific. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that. It's really it's, weird, isn't it? Well, it's so, like, I understand 2006, it's very on, like, yeah. but, like, in terms of what just happened, it's this weird, like, nearly like... Um, it's gothy music, is it? Or is it yeah, weird? it's nearly like the 1990s theme song to The World Is Not Enough Garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that weird, just like, what is going... But it's this big, and, and the scene goes black. And I remember sitting there, and just a little backstory about this movie was, this was the first movie I ever saw in the cinemas without my parents because i always used to go to my parents and i remember like i remember like oh me and the lads we're gonna yeah we're going around to uh we're going around to movies at the drum to catch a catch a bit of the prestige you know <laughs> rebels no parents absolutely but i remember that's why it's a bit special for me but also i just remember sitting there and then just like you just took i just took five seconds to be like wait what and then you at all and you think about the movie about you know it's, an, it's two hours and ten minutes long but you probably spent another ten minutes just trying to break it all down and think about it it's just so yeah, it's like that shock reveal of a of yeah. a magic trick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you're trying to figure everything out as you go home, like like you're 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 waiting there. You're like, how did he do that, or what? Who where did this come from? So yeah, it's exactly what you mean. Yeah, there's just people like coming home. Like <laughs> I was like, oh honey, you're home, and he's just like, oh, where where's your jacket? <laughs> and he's just there, like he's just like. Why was he in the tank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, just like Howard, where are the kids? You haven't brought the kids home, and he's just like. Tesla did it. He really did it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I suppose the next thing I want to talk about is probably the characters. Uh, that's the, the the important thing. Like the cast, obviously, we've we've mentioned it. Oh, but incredible! Like, like. The, so yeah, like like you said, the characters are great, but the like the, and and like Hugh Jackman and, and Christian Bale do such such a good job. Of I remember the movie only being about five minutes in, and I just understood their characters straight away. Yeah. So they were both great. Mark Michael Caine. Okay. He's, he's in court. I can't bloody tell you the truth. I might edit out the horrible accent, but I, ha- I had a load of fun repeating Michael Caine things during this movie. Michael Caine is great. So, like, his character is great, but like his performance is like, it's before Michael Caine was like, and not like, do you know what I mean? It was like, like, you know when Morgan Freeman became like a parody of himself yeah, nearly? Exactly. I think this was like when Michael Caine had like made a bit of a, com- I don't know when Mike, I can't, I don't know his career, but like this is where Michael Caine was just, he knocked it out of the park in this one. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at his last kind of, his, his movie timeline like between this movie obviously he did like the dark knight after he did the batman begins before so like he was on a roll of like really good roles really good side characters throughout these movies and he's, he's continued to do that under nolan like he, he seems to be in every movie he makes uh, up until now you know he's in tenet for what was it one scene two scenes and um, so they obviously enjoy working together but yeah like you can see like the characters in this movie most of them are I wouldn't say like assholes, but they're just like they're very determined. Is that the word? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, like they they've all got their self belief. They've yeah. all got their like this is what I'm doing. This these are my goals, and yeah. I plan to achieve them. And like, yeah, like that's a good point that like every character has that. Like from Michael Caine, uh, from from Chris Bale and Hugh Jackman's, uh, but then also Michael Caine. Like he just look, he just wants to put on a show. He just wants he to, wants to make money as well, doesn't he? Like, yeah, he, he seems like the kind of manager type. And he's just like, look, this is all I've done for my whole life. I gotta, like, this is what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm going to attach myself to whatever horse looks like they're going to gonna be able to do it. Um, and then, like, you know, Scarlett Johansson's character, like, look, she just wants to be, she wants to be clued in. Like, she just wants to be with the most famous magician. And she wants to be, like, heavily involved. And, like, you know, whether she realizes, look, it's not, like, looking like it's going to be Angier. So she goes over to, like, Borden. So she, go- <laughs> so she goes over to Borden. And, like, everyone just, and it's just this kind of thing. And there is probably one character you've, 
feel for most it's Rebecca Hall's Sarah like yeah. she you just feel for her more than anything else yeah. in this movie like that is like yeah I, I know it's very sad like the, the kid you kind of get worried that she's going to end up with yeah. suspiciously British Hugh Jackman at the end yeah. of the movie but you kind of like her character just kind of like as much as you know um as much as like you feel for Borden and that like he like he has that line oh you've never you know we have to live half a life you know for her to like you know even that line be like oh you actually love me today like to yeah. not know well that's it like she were... she figured it out before anyone like she knew what was going on like she didn't she obviously didn't know exactly what was going on but she figured it out yeah but like that yeah. obviously makes sense because she's been living with that man for so long like and being married to that man so she should be able to figure it out i suppose yeah and like even even like you know her discovering that that's probably summed up best for that line where she says i know what you are and like that's kind of like in this like that's verbal attack and speaking of attacks here's a fact attack <laughs> that line actually wasn't in the script uh she just blurted that out and she apparently she like felt so bad and so guilty that she'd given it away she's like oh no is that and apparently chris nolan like loved it and like this is another thing to mention this is based on a book as well so yeah. it's like yeah. as much as it's written by chris nolan and and i know it's it's written on a book, but isn't the book like two notebooks? Because there's a lot of notebook section in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, that's the, the thing about the movie is you see uh, it, it's spread over two different timelines. Uh, Borden is reading Angier's notebook as Angier is reading Borden's notebook. And the, again, you can see the parallel. They're both kind of figuring each other out from reading the notebooks, but they're also uh, riffing on each other because they both kind of got cut each other out as well at the same time so yeah it, it's it's again it's nolan doing that thing of like he wants about three things happening at once but he wants you to concentrate on the whole story the story as a whole as well which is again i could just imagine chris nolan sitting in a cinema like because he goes to his local omniplex and he's sitting there and he just like turns to his wife i think it's emma <laughs> bet you they don't get it and he just turns he just turns to some like lad beside him being like oh what do you think's happening and then he's just like yeah no i think uh no i think it's i don't think it's a double and nolan goes just turns to his wife yeah. fucking idiots yeah. and you know he's feeling smug about Absolutely. it for two hours and and, and and nine minutes yeah yeah like you can definitely see in the middle of writing this he's like no we're gonna change it we're gonna add this in just to confuse them just to confuse them yeah because i don't like again when you watch it you know you pick up on everything like but i remember when i first watched this i know what i what i, I would have been what like 11 yeah six and i just remember thinking that i didn't i didn't pick up on the whole uh, the twin like the guy looked like christian bale like mm. I, to me that just didn't click that was just a weird side character and i just i he completely flew under my radar well that's the thing like he only he only actually starts they only start mentioning him towards the end of the movie like in the, at the start you don't really even mention him like he's just there yeah. in the background and you don't even notice him it's done no it's done so well and then like but like these in the small scenes like i watching it again i realize like he's the one that hands you know uh, angier the gun and like there's just like small things like that I'm like oh there he is and stuff and and so but uh, so that was sorry we kind of got tracked we'll go through the rest of the characters scarlett johansson's just very like she doesn't have much doing it but she's great yeah also everyone's doing uh, I have two more characters to mention and then I have another point uh, to add. I have a few. Um, so then there's, there's uh, Andy Serkis who does a fantastic job as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and then... Are we going to get to MVP? David fucking Bowe. Like, that's just... That's just such a baller move. Just like... like uh, does ele- he set, does he- uh, Allegedly, he didn't want to do it. No one had to like beg him to do it. Well, David... <laughs> it's a fact attack. Okay. <laughs> 
So David Bowie initially declined the role of Nikola Tesla when he was offered it, but Christopher Nolan flew out to him personally to tell him that he was the only person he imagined him for the role and that his larger than life persona would make it ideal for this guy who's uh, for like building a te- for like Nicholas has to be able to build a teleportation device. But I suppose he pl- he plays a really important character in this as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like a it's not like a novelty casting. Like it's yeah. actually somebody Dave Bowie has to come in deliver a fairly great like even this even like the the, the lot, some of the lines where he's just like oh what well and do me a favor destroy the device like when he has that whole thing about like just yeah. destroying it like that's just like. Ah, just you get so surprised because you just think it's going to be like a, I don't know, like a, oh, what's another good example of a novelty casting? Like a Beyonce and yeah, Austin Powers exactly. 3 or, um, oh, I can definitely think of some more. Gary from the future. Any, uh, any good ones for me? No, let me go to bed, you cynical bastard. Yeah, but what I noticed about this movie and as I was going through it, Hugh Jackman does an American accent from Australia. Uh, Christian Bale from Wales does a Cockney accent. Scarlett Johansson from America does an English accent. Andy Serkis from England does a New York accent. David Bowie from the UK also does a uh, space accent. That's not a real accent, wherever it's from. (laughs) But like everyone's doing a different accent. And then not only that, Hugh Jackman has to do like the British accent in two different varieties then as well. And like, you just think like... They all like we're like Christopher Nolan just hates actors being like like the producers. Could we not just find someone with like I don't know that has the same accent, but like Chris Nolan has this buddy who's a dialect coach and being like, trust me, I'll throw some, I'll throw some gigs exactly, your way. Yeah. But they all do a great job, and it's all flawless. Like even Scarlett Johansson, I forgot she had to do an English accent. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she does a really nice accent. Um, I suppose Michael Caine's probably the only one <laughs> you can't change him. You can't change him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there were so many great bits I loved in this. There was like. Uh, 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 one of the most jarring scenes I think with Dave, uh, well, not Dave, but Michael Caine in this was the funeral scene so look if you haven't watched this I'll, uh, what, what happens then is so the two of them are working with this magician and Michael Caine is like the stage hand and Christian Bale ha- thinks that the knots could be tied one way and Michael Caine's like no only tie them this and that and basically Hugh Jackman's wife was one of those ladies you put in the tank and she escapes the tank but Mike, Christian Bale reckons that he tied the wrong knot and um, then she drowned and then the two of them go their separate ways then and then they're at their funeral and Michael Caine just comes out with this random story it was like I once knew a sailor and he described drowning as like going home and then like this woman's casket open her husband three feet away is just looking dude <laughs> any yeah. other story would be great but it just reminded me of the Dark Knight speech where he's like uh, like you're the other one about the guy like stealing the gems and, and burning yeah. just like it's that weird cadence he has but like look when you yeah. get michael kane you pay for michael kane you know you don't want to change Absolutely, that accent. yeah that's, that's exactly it yeah and i suppose actually sorry just as you mentioned that if, if i don't know if this is a fact attack but it's something i noticed in the movie is uh the two partners or the two wives of the magicians they both die the exact same way as their husband oh fuck that's class that's unreal yeah. oh this movie's great i love it <laughs> yeah because oh that's great i love that yeah that's really really good um, i don't know like again that could be that could be coincidence but i just no no nah, not with chris Nolan movie no because like he drowns every night yeah like they, like yeah. he drowns every night to like so uh, like look if you haven't seen this movie i'm sorry i'm not explaining it all to you i just want to gush yeah. about it yeah um, like he drowns every night to kind of nearly be like this is how my wife did it and then yeah she hangs herself and he ah oh, 
So good. The man is a genius. So good. He's a smart. It's, it's actually, sorry, just to kind of slight diversion. It's crazy he doesn't have an Oscar for anything. No, that's it's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I don't know who won the Oscar this year. I think it was... A, Scorsese won for directing. Ah, must have been that for Departed, yeah. And like, it, it, yeah. I think it was only nominated for cinematography and yeah. adapted screenplay. But like, I yeah. think it should have been like for movie. Oh, I know who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. It was Alan Arkin for Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, oh yeah, I think that it was, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But no, like... Well, this, no sorry just on the awards point this is all this is the type of movie where i always say like big uh award shows should have an award for cast or for casting director or something like that like something like that where like a a whole combined acting group has come together and just absolutely flawless because again like with this movie just again there's there's not a bad performance in this movie like even even just trying to think like no, they're all great. Even the kid who's like that's like Christopher Nolan's daughter and stuff like that. Even like yeah, later, yeah. um. But like he, like I actually can't think of one. Like it'll come to me now that there'll be someone who is is definitely fairly rubbish in it. Actually, there's one character. I even there's one character I loved. Uh, it was you know when oh by the way sorry, do you know one thing that just didn't make sense in this movie? Christian Bale, just his character was just like, you want to see some fucking rings? Like you want to see? <laughs> he just he was just he wouldn't give up. Nobody gave. He was. He was really pushing that ring trick, wasn't he? <laughs> Nobody gave two shits about the ring trick. And he was just like, and he would just do like, he would he'd keep going. He would do that. He'd be like, they'd be like, boo, get off the stage. <laughs> Shoot somebody, you prick. <laughs> but it was just like, give over. And he, it's just, he keeps doing it for the whole movie. There's probably some metaphor yeah. or something like that for in there. But just like, give up on the ring thing. And I, you know, another thing I kind of noticed about this movie, it was kind of cool. That was like, I don't know, like magicians were kind of seen as like, I don't know, like, well, we go down and go see the local musician. Like, it was this kind of like, you go down, you see him, you're blown away. Like, let's dress up fancy and go see the uh, magician. And it's this whole thing. But I also like that it's a bit of stand-up where you can just boo the fucker out of the building. <laughs> like, yeah. But there was one character. It was the guy who um, Christian Bale, like, got, he did a few minutes with him. You know, they're like, he would do the whole dove disappear and everything like that. But he was just such a, he was, I have down here, local magician, uh, local magician walks off like a boss. He just, he just makes the dove appear and then he, he just fucks at a Christian bear. He's like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later. It's just mic drop. He just like walks off the stage. No applause. He's like, I don't need yeah, this. Exactly. I'm the, I'm the magical, uh, Chris Pine. I can do whatever the fuck I want. So anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, just on the two main characters, the, the main difference I found between them. And again, I think this is Nolan doing it is, is bit is, his writing material whatever way he writes his characters so you have borden who you know clearly he's he's lived his life his life was just built around this trick that he was going to pretend he's one person when really it's two twins and he's a bit yeah. like um the chinaman who they think the only way he can do those tricks is if he's really fit really strong but he pretends to be like this weak old man so that's who borden is whereas um angier is like tesla he's just obsessed and at the start of it he's kind of quite lighthearted. he's kind of having fun when he's doing the bits on stage with borden and with michael kane whatever but as the movie goes on he just becomes broken down and he sees what must be done to be like considered and he just turns into this like person that just will do anything to be like the best and so he has that obsession and Tesla says it to him, like, I understand where you're coming from. I've been there. The whole thing with Tesla and Edison, like, again, that rivalry seems to be kind of paralleled in this movie as well, but just those two characters. And it would be, would have been very easy to see this movie from one point of view and um, see the other person as the villain, 
Whereas when you see it from the two points of view, it's very easy to see that where both characters are coming from, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Like this is this is why you did. Me and David went to school together, and this is why you did better in English because you could actually dissect <laughs> all this shit. I was just like, look at all the accents. It's great. But yeah, like I know absolutely, and it's 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 funny because it's um, I kind of want this to be like a I want there to be like a tie-in with the current war. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I suppose just... sorry. I suppose my final point is there is they're both assholes, but you know they they keep fucking each other over just to be better at magic than the other, and it's just yeah. it's so like it is quite so pointless. Funny. It is quite funny. <laughs> it is quite funny uh, that there's just like you know how does it, okay so how does it start? So Borden kills Angier's wife. Yeah. Then Angier shoots. She's... Him and the fingers. Man, look, you go, look, I don't know. I'm not a magician from the 19th century. You go right for the dick. That's what you do. <laughs> you go right for the dick. Like, that is, that's the only way you truly fuck over, man. Like, two fingers? <laughs> yeah. God, it wouldn't be funny if the twin had to, like, put on, like, a cod piece every day to, like, oh, no, that scene would have been so much worse. Be like, look, man. Oh. Like, oh, he shut up. No, we got to do it. We got to do it. <laughs> the twin number two. I don't, I don't know if magic's my type of career, man. Like, no, no, we gotta chop off your dick so we can do the ring joke. It's like, look, the good people in London want to see smaller rings go into other rings. If you don't get on board with this, chop off your dick. Come on, bro. Oh, we're good. I like we. Oh, my God. Just... And see, this is why you, I love that you came up with such a good thing. And then like, yeah. but okay, so the fingers get shot off. And then yeah. Arnold goes on stage. Uh, Borden then fucks up with his trick and gets some woman's fingers stuck. And then his show gets cancelled. Yeah. Then. What does Angier do next? Oh, Angier steals his brother? No. Uh, no, does, no. Is that it? Something happens. Then I know Borden then pulls the rug literally from underneath uh, Angier and yeah. he, like cripples himself. Then they steal yeah. his twin, I think, and then he goes. Yeah, up. they steal his twin after. Yeah, yeah. And it's, see, see, he gives him the note with Tesla on it, and that's the, yeah. that's the code to his notebook. Yeah. When Angier thinks it's like some sort of thing, he has to go meet Tesla to make this machine, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so there's just a lot of fuckery going on. But yeah. sorry, just uh, the, the actual serious point I wanted to add on to add on to uh what you were saying there um about the two of them being so determined and it's probably one of my favorite lines in the movie it's like it's it's Hugh Jackman he delivers it so well like even he's his accent gets a bit it gets a bit on my nerves at times in this uh but there was one line and he said it so perfectly where like for the whole thing he's just trying to avenge his wife he's trying to avenge his wife he's trying to uh like and there's even great because it's this whole thing is like you know Alfred, um, I was calling him Alfred instead of Michael Caine, but Michael Caine's character was like, uh, "Oh no, we don't. We're not going to bring in any." They're trying to like pitch the show to the new theater kind of owner and being like, "Look, no, we're not doing any. We're not doing any fish tanks. We're not doing any stuff like that. Like or bullet catches. You know, people that are. You know, if we do something dangerous, that's what people are going to be able to come to see and increase the chance of it happening. So we're not doing that." To then have him go on to do that, like to literally perform the most dangerous act of all, which is literally killing himself. But there's all like, and his character just changes as it goes through. But he delivers this one line. I swear to God, I'll finish up this point soon. Um, <laughs> which is that um, he's reading the diary of uh, Borden and Scarlett Johansson's character is like, no, you need to get that back. But back, I need to get back to him. Uh, and he's like, but what would your wife think of this? And he goes, I don't care about my wife. I care about his secrets. And it's the first time, like, you just feel in him that he's yeah. just like, oh, he's not doing this for his wife anymore. Yeah. He's just doing it now purely to one up uh Borden. It's not like he's completely forgot about his wife. Yeah. And it's 
it's just such a it's such a point where you just realize that he's just sac- he, and, and uh, it, uh, Michael Caine character says it so well. I swear to God, one of these podcasts I'll actually learn the characters' names. Where he says like, "Oh, look, you got to get your hands a bit dirty," and he's very hesitant to do that. And then he just keeps he just he descends to like Borden's level. Then yeah, and actually the, another point I, I I wrote down here is they go from killing birds at the start to killing humans at the end. So that just shows how 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 much they've kind of dropped in you know what they're actually doing like they they're considered you know they want to be successful by actually killing human beings so like that's the, yeah that's kind of the, the main point you can see how how much the character has changed over the the time in the movie yeah so like we, and like like we were saying earlier like that Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale both play two characters they also need to play characters at different points of yeah. time as well so you need to have the wholesome Hugh Jackman then yeah. you need to have like the the kind of willing to change things around Hugh Jackman and then the Hugh Jackman at the end who was just a completely different like a monster yeah um, and nearly like a Frankenstein's monster as well actually <laughs> when you think about it uh, with yeah. you know the cloning and stuff and then and then he has one of my favourite performances in the comedic relief of this movie absolutely yeah drunk Hugh Jackman and I just really enjoy I just love that every time he was on scene like even the small bits of him just like they'd be having a full on conversation in the room and then they'd mention him and then he just comes up from all this luggage and he's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> and it's just, it's unusual for Jack and, uh, and Nolan to kind of have that sort of silly character. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like he doesn't do that a lot. And like, it was just it, nice and refreshing. Yeah, it does. It does lighten it up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it is amazing how they, they got this, the, the two actors to play so many different roles in this movie. Cause like, you can only imagine like it's it, like it's one thing to play a character over multiple time periods, but it's also again m- difficult to play the character different ways. Is that the, yeah. that's the way to do it? Yeah, it's, it's just... yeah, it's like, uh, and that's why I was just like, who took their Oscar? Like, yeah. who took the Oscar nominations? Uh, but actually, and also, just I completely forgot to put this point. The 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 SAG Awards in America, they have a they have a best ensemble cast. Yeah, yeah. And Gary, from, I believe Gary from the future. Are you a bit tired, Gary from the future? <laughs> Tough shit. You're going to tell us who won that instead. <laughs> Winner of Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture for the 13th Screen Actor Guild Awards was won by the cast of Little Miss Sunshine, starring Alan Arkin, Abigail Breslin, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Paul Dano, and Greg Kinnear. If anyone sees me in the near future, could you tell me to stop doing this? And while you're here, follow us at, at Reading in the Peers on Instagram. Uh, but another thing I liked about this, the, the, the score was pretty good. I think I think it was Hans Zimmer because there was like a few bits that felt very Hans Zimmer. No, it was actually David Julian. So, um, no. All right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you, you fucking idiot. God, do some research. You fucking moron. Fact attack. I've interrupted you with a fact attack. <laughs> Chung Lee Su was a stage character created by William Ellsworth Robinson, a white man who disguised himself as a Chinese man to cash in on an audience's enthusiasm for exotic for the exotic. Robinson, Robinson lived as Chung, never breaking character while they were in public. He died in 9, March 1918 when a bullet catch trick went wrong. His last ever words were, my god, I've been shot, and it was the first time he'd spoken English in 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no way to segue that in, but I felt like I no, did. That, you, you came at me, that's and I, came, I, I returned with a fact. That's, that's fair, that's fair. Um, so that's who that character with the fishbowl is Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, that's, you were, you were that telling me how much br- of a... That sounds like a very British thing, isn't it? Just pretend to be a Chinese man. <laughs> yeah, it's very like uh, it's very like that actor from Dr. No. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you were telling me how much of a fucking idiot I yeah, was yeah. for not knowing this. God damn it, God damn it man. If you're, you're going to do podcasts and do some fucking research. <laughs> I'm going to do another fact attack then, you son of a bitch. 
the editing includes 146 time cut jumps in which the next shot either flashes back or skips ahead to another time period of the storyline. This averages to almost one timeline jump per movie of the uh, per, per minute of the movie. Whoa, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I should re- I should leave space for us to discuss this, but I, I'm reading them like no, that's fair. Just that's as fair. Is. That's fair. But yeah, just like go back to your editing of the movie. Like Chris Nolan, that obviously took a lot of fucking storyboarding yeah. to get that right. Sorry, you were telling me how much of a fucking idiot I was, and if you call me an idiot, I'm going to attack you with a fact. Now, look. To be fair, I, w- I would have guessed it was Hans Zimmer as well, but it was actually David Julian. Okay, uh, and so, what's he done? So he worked with so Nolan worked with Julian before. Uh, so on his four previous movies, so uh, Memento, the following, Insomnia, Insomnia, and then this. So he didn't use him oh, for okay. the Dark Knight or for Batman Begins. So that, those four is what he worked on, um, and then obviously for when he went over to the Dark Knight movies, he used Hans Zimmer and he's used him ever okay. since. Um, but yeah, no. It, okay. Again, it, it it's a type of um, score that doesn't kind of overtake the movie, kind of. Yeah. As we've seen with um, some of Nolan's more um, recent movies, it doesn't you know detract from the audio of what some characters are trying to say. <laughs> yeah, like like for those that haven't had the pleasure of seeing Tenant, uh, you can't hear half the movie, and then for. And um, the likes of Interstellar, Hans Zimmer was like, I want to use this big organ and I wanted to like, it's some ancient organ that only one guy in the world could ever use. He's like, that's obviously taken over. But yeah, that's why I kind of thought it was a more subtle Hans Zimmer. It turns out completely different man altogether. So that makes. But that I, makes so, I suppose the one thing is it fits in with the, with the time period as well. Like it, it kind of having that music in the background of like the late 1800s, 19th century, it doesn't again overtake, like it would be weird if you heard some kind of mechanical sounds like a weird kind of organ like that because at, at that time period you wouldn't expect it so that makes sense yeah. like that rap song from Tenet. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um sorry speaking of music and speaking of electric vibes nikola tesla there's a few things i just wanted to say about that i love the scene where there's these two big coils of mad electricity going everywhere and Andy Circus is just like, it's fine. Guys, calm down. Edison is just trying to make you think it looks dangerous. And meanwhile, this thing is like, meow, 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 meow. like it looks like it's about to explode. It's like, it's fine. Take we, it we, easy. We plugged it in. It's, earth. it's fine. Well, that's it. Like, it is strange to see a, a real life person appear in movies like this. Yeah, very true. Which is, it, it is cool because it kind of obviously grounds it a bit more. Um, but again, I, I do feel that the reason for that is because it, of the parallels between the Tesla Edison, you know, current war, which obviously, you know, was, was huge. And, um, yeah. what was I trying to say? Sorry. Yeah. Having, sorry. Having Tesla in it is, is pretty cool. Like, again, it kind of made me feel like, um, I don't know if anyone's played the Assassin's Creed games, but like you, you meet kind oh, of yeah, yeah. Leonardo da Vinci, you meet Michelangelo within them. And it's kind of that weird, it kind of, yeah, it, it is a strange element but it adds to it, it again it just grounds the movie really but and i think that's why they went with 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 bowie because it's so like he's not an actor well he's done a few acting gigs he did um he did uh, labyrinth and the little drummer boy uh, uh music video but he yeah and it's because because you don't see he ha- we haven't been over uh, saturated with bowie so because it's david bowie and because he feels out of place the real person seems out of place and it just connects so well and he has that badass entrance where he's just walking through all the electricity yeah. and then he's just like hold like hold the light bulb and he goes what's the what's what's the why the why is like we're conducting the electricity yeah. i think david but i can't i can't put my finger on like it's not like 
And not like it's the best performance ever. It's just good, and I don't know why it's good. I don't know, maybe I'm skewed because it's Dave Bowie. He just, and the accent's a bit weird, but like, he just, it's it's because Dave Bowie himself, like his eyes are different colors. Yeah. He's a bit of a quirky character. Tesla is meant to be this quirky character in it as well. Yeah. Like it all just clicks so well. Like I honestly couldn't tell you who else could do that. Maybe a CGI, maybe Andy Serkis as a CGI character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but that, well, that's it. Like Tesla was always seen as um, very... Um, kind of to himself he wouldn't like like edison was always like oh look what i'm doing whereas tesla was kind of always kept to himself a bit of a recluse and i think david bowie is a bit like that like he's a strange character but you know i'm sure i haven't really seen much of about him in in his personal life and things like that David, there's a horrific movie that looks as if it's going to uh, be actually coming out soon. Yeah. That's probably going to fill you in up. But that's going to ruin. Yeah, it's going to ruin everything. But I think that tries to portray him. I think he portrays him as quite someone that is quite shy and like keeps to himself. Well, uh, like, from a personal it, point of view. well, that's it. Like he created characters to make albums or to make music, or whatever. Like Ziggy Stardust and things like that. Like he created a character to make music. So again, like, again, I feel I understand why why Bowie makes that impression on you and I'm, I'm sure you're not the only person like i'm sure when most people watch this movie and they notice it's david bowie they're gonna be kind of overawed by it um but yeah again it is great to see him and you know it was such a sad passing when he did pass and you know what was it four years ago now jesus oh god jesus. Uh, tw- yeah he was like he was one of the first yeah 2016 that's yeah. but um again i just think this is again another one of those things uh, apart from his music career obviously it's just one of those things he just you know, made a big impression on me, you know, growing Talent. up. Talent. Yeah. Just, like true and through. I mean, I wish, I wish we could do something as good as he do anything. <laughs> David, this podcast is, is pretty oh, much Gary, ours. Gary, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. I'm going to play this when we're accepting, uh, is there podcast awards? I don't know, but when we're accepting the highest award and I'm shaking hands with, um, I don't know, Joe Rogan. Um, I'm going to play you this clip and be like, see, David, you never believe We made it, baby. We made, we made it. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I can be the true arrogant asshole I was born to be. Yeah, exactly. You'll turn into one of the magicians. <laughs> oh, what about, what, 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 actually, imagine what happens now is that we both make our own podcasts oh, and okay. we try to put up each other and I just shoot your dick off. <laughs> Oh, Gary, my podcast is going to be so much better than you. I'm going to have a transporting podcast. <laughs> Trans- oh, okay. I'm going to clone myself three yeah. times and have roundtable discussions with three Garys. Oh, Gary, have you have I ever introduced you to my twin? <laughs> this would be a great editing opportunity for me to make up another character to include, but I think for the sake of my mental health, I'm going to I'm gonna leave that yeah. great bit that you tried to set up alone because I'm no, not ready did, for it. Did you ever notice, like, in English class, to be things you'd call back on, I wouldn't know what you were talking about? Oh, there's two Davids. <laughs> I was wondering, I did always think your dog looked like a human-sized man in a dog suit. Uh, we're going to get so many letters. <laughs> so many letters. Ah, oh, look. Uh, right, let's try and get back uh, just i don't know i have down here some more michael kane stuff and he went on to do batman you were talking a bit about how you know he went from this batman to this to this this character is fucking alfred it's mm. so like it's just like he's a supportive character of someone who's like looks as if they're going off the rails and he helps them invent stuff and he even there's a scene where he introduced them to like this new like studio apartment and he's just like yeah we'll frost the windows and over here we can and he's like it's like when he introduces bruce to the Batcave mm. the very first time like 
no wonder Chris Nolan like was like, well, yeah, this is control C, control V, yeah, it's easy. Exactly, yeah. And then like he even has that like, but at the end, and I think the best part of the Michael Caine performance was at the very end where he was just like, you're you've lost it, you're like, and and, and he's on kind of Hugh Jackman's side for the whole thing, and then it's just like, nope. And even when he walks by, and the uh, and, and Christian Bale walks in, they don't acknowledge each other. Mm-hmm. But it's almost as if Michael Caine, I, I don't know if it's, maybe I didn't watch it closely enough. Um, I didn't listen to the first five seconds of the movie, but it's like, it's almost as if I just imagine Michael Caine's characters walking out and he sees Christian Bale and he knows exactly what he's going in to do. And he's just like, go for it. Yeah. Like, I, I, and that's how I like to think that character. And it even has that like really venomous line of like, no, I lied about the sailor. He said it was like torture. Yeah. And I just, ah, uh, oh, I really enjoyed his performance at the end. And yeah. it had a lot of, for someone that was quite a side character to be nearly such a, like to, to be the heart of the movie and the person that you probably can root for the most because you kind of, you know, you're with, you're with Hugh Jackman until you're not. And then when you're like, even that see he's the one that looks after Borden's kid at the end. like Yeah. Well, like I think Michael Caine, Caine's character obviously feels responsible for what happened to um, Angie's wife. But like in the end, he kind of shows his true colors. And I suppose we actually haven't spoiled what the, the big twist is. Have we? Uh... Ah, bits. Probably. Okay, I don't well, know. I'm just going to say it is that Christian Bale's character has a twin and they've yeah. been living the single life. And like it kind of comes out that, you know, the, with the two of them, there was um, one who was kind of was all into the magic, was just like all about the celebrity fame, whereas the other one was kind of loved with, was in love with your one, Sarah, who killed herself. But you know, couldn't do anything to stop it, you know, th- because they were living this kind of double life. And he was obviously ended up, you know, with his kid and stuff at the end. And, you know, Michael Caine obviously helps him out as well. And I, I think at that stage, you know, as you said, when he sees him, he knows, look, you're the one person in this whole kind of triad, triad of, of whatever we were doing, you know, whatever we were trying to do, you, you've actually come out with a little bit of kind of sympathy, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it like it, in all fairness, I think it is a happy ending. Like I mean, from, yeah, from the, from the kid, like you, you obviously you get the whole thing, you know, with Michael Caine saying, you know, this is a magic trick. This how it's done. But you have to, you know, you have to make something. You can make something disappear, but you have to make it reappear. And obviously, Christian Bale character reappears, and the kid is delighted yeah. or whatever. And the kid obviously thinks it's just the same guy. Yeah, why is everyone making a big deal of this? Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm actually wondering now who who that kid who's who's that kid's father? Like they couldn't have Good both. Point. They couldn't have both. <laughs> You would assume it's well, him if he if she if well, he was look, a if one if if one's dick had got shot off. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But no, yeah, that's a good point. I like to I like to imagine it's it's the guy who loved Sarah. I like yeah. to, I'd like to think. Yeah, about that that, w- yeah. that would be the happy ending, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, uh, but like, and but I, even I, but even still, like I say, they don't know, and I think well, that's, that's what it, kind yeah. of makes it nicer that they both maybe love the child because they both know they don't know if it's theirs or not. Yeah. Not, you know, it's, and I think it's a it's a little bit of that inception ending, you know, where you see yes, the kids stopping yeah. and and he gets he gets back with his kids, but you don't know if it's real. But oh, very true, yeah. yeah. There you go. But like, I just think that ending it's so nice because it goes from that kind of despair of you know these men have fought each other for so long and they both ended up killing each other, and this kid is left on its own. Whereas, and then at the end, obviously, that her dad comes back or whatever. It's it's a nice kind of twist at the end because it's been so so much, you know just yeah. getting back at each other and fucking each other over and you know it's not really what matters in life really you know obviously family and stuff like that is, is more important <laughs> raising yeah. a child that you 
Yeah. And like, and I think just a, another point there is that, yeah, like Hugh Jackman, like you even see it when he like takes the bow underneath the stage and he's like willing to change the whole act just so he could be the one, like you said earlier, just to see the look on their face yeah. for the prestige. And like, and even, and then even you could tell Hugh Jackman hated it so much. I should call him by the way. Angier hated it so much where he was just like, by the way, just speaking of Angier, I thought that was an okay name until I heard uh, Andy Circus's character, Mr. Angier. Mr. Angier. <laughs> look. I missed the, like Tesla's not gonna see you later on, okay? <laughs> was he like, was oh he out God. of place? Was he out of place, or was that? Nah, I loved it because he was just like, "Look, I'm Andy Circus. If I'm not CGI, I'm doing a funny accent. Oh, look at all these hats. I have a cat." <laughs> was he? Is he I've friends got... with Tony Roma? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention that name on the podcast for anyone that does know that name. You might enjoy this for anyone that doesn't and just thinks I'm losing my mind on the podcast. You are correct. Look, I'm, I I make cats. I make hats. <laughs> I don't understand how a guy who does electricity clones things. But, but anyway, the where was I going with this? Andy Circus, Mr. Angier. Angier was underneath the stage taking the bow and it was just sickened him to know that that Borden was able, both of them were able to get that look. And what was great was, I like to think it was for different reasons for Borden. One, uh, Borden, we have to think of Norton. Uh, <laughs> The Borden Supremacy Borden Supremacy and the Borden <laughs> Ultimatum. <laughs> so no, but Borden one was like he just wanted to see everyone adore him and yeah. wanted to see like he liked that fame. Like, you know, him when he's coming back to the restaurant, he's pissed and he's yeah. like, oh, I'm a magician. And he loved the fame side of it. So he would walk out and everyone would just be looking at him as if he's God and he's just like, Yeah, I am. Whereas the other Borden, the one who like, you know, was in love with Sarah and then like, you know, looks after the kid at the end, he just likes the faces to be like, I've given them a show. I've, yeah. Like I've made them wonder, I've made them think. And he just likes the idea of the, them being entertained for, you know, he's provided a service to them because what it kind of appears to this, that is, yeah, you go see a magician and it's like this whole thing. Although there's one thing I didn't understand just to side, you know, the way um, for Hugh Jackman's act where he reveals the big Tesla machine. That's the start of the show, but also the end of the show. Do those people get dressed up and pay however much just to see that one trick and go home? Absolutely. Because, like, that's a bit shit, isn't it? That's a scam. But talk about a magic trick. Is that's that's the scam of the century. <laughs> now nah, look, they had a, they had a short attention span back in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. No wonder you could fit in a hundred shows. You can get about, you can get ten in a day. Exactly. But yeah, so that's what I like to think. Borden 2 was just so happy with that. And the two guys who wanted the fame the most and wanted it one up, they were the ones that, you know, ended up dying. And Borden, who just wanted to, you know, make people happy and look after them, he's the one that lived. And so he's our good guy. I think it's even hinted that, like, you know, when Borden is upset about the magic trick and he's like, how did he, how is he doing it? How is he doing it? And you see uh, Borden 2 is there, like, do, scribbling designs. Yeah. Like, it's nearly hinted that he's the he's the guy who thinks of all the tricks. Yeah, and then exactly. the other Borden is the one that, you know, is the showman. Gets the hands dirty and it's a bit of the showman. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think, like, look, I, I think the best way to finish this is, I know you were having a bit of a struggle uh, in one of your last episodes um, with Lily about a rating system. Oh, I haven't brought that back, actually. No, no, here I, we go. Yeah, I like it. Like, I, I'm just going to make a very, very simple rating system. Should you watch it? Should you not? If this is very much a should you, you should watch it. And I think yeah, you, you, should, should, you it. should rewatch it if you have seen it. Oh, re-watch. definitely. And yeah, like, again, if you've listened to this and we spoiled it for you, you, you know what it is. But I would definitely say watch it once. Then watch it again because the second time so yeah. even at the beginning with the court scene where christian bale's hands are just outreached and it's a bit weird you don't like nothing it's just a pose but you just notice the fingers are gone yeah. and it's just stuff like that and you don't you don't notice that the first time but because you're looking for it the second time you see it and there's just so much of that in this movie so so yeah this is a definitely you should watch absolutely and you've come up with a segment idea i'm very unoriginal so i have one more fact attack for you go for it man do it <laughs> So the main characters, yeah. Alfred Borden, 
Yes. Robert Angier. Yes. All of their initials together. Abra. Abra. Abracadabra. Abracadabra, baby. Yeah. Right, David. That is a great place to leave it. Yeah. Any any final thoughts, sir? No, look, Christopher Nolan. Um, his last few movies have been a little poo, I'm gonna be honest. But these ones, uh this is this is when he was at his, his peak, I think. This is Dark Knight, this is Prestige, this is in- Inception. This is when he's at his best. Uh hopefully you can get that back sometime soon. Not that I didn't like Tenet and all those movies. Um, it's just not as, as mind-blowing as these movies. It's severely underrated yes. compared to his other movies. Um, get out and watch it. It's on all the streaming services. I'm not going to mention them because we're not sponsored by them. We're, we're not, not sponsored by any, David. We're not sponsored yes, by anything. Unless you get some fucking sponsorship, all right? I hope exactly. you hear us. <laughs> um, but no, Gary, it was, I appreciate you taking me on again. Uh, hopefully you can do it again. Hopefully we see some more great movies. Um, exactly. Exactly, David. There. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for your time for coming on. I very much appreciate it. And not only that, I very much appreciate our listeners for listening all the way through. Thank you very much. And if you want to hear more about the podcast or you want to keep up to date with any more episodes, you can follow us at, at Reeling on the Peers on Instagram. You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other podcast things that I spent time applying for, but apparently no one listens to. Send it to fine. a friend. Share it to your family. Send it to a friend. <laughs> Send it to a family. You know what I mean? If you think you have you have a friend that likes movies and you think they might be vaguely entertained with jokes about magicians shooting their dicks off, let them know that this podcast is it. We need more foreign listeners. So send it, send it to your friend in Germany or send it to your friend in Taiwan. <laughs> Yeah, if you have any ridiculous <laughs> countries that you can get someone to yeah. listen to this in, that we'll name check it on the podcast. Oh, Absolutely. It would be great. <laughs> it would be great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Good night.